2: What's up everybody? May 28th edition of the Holy Smokes at Fightful MMA podcast. Yours truly at Showdown Joe. Joined as always afterwards, uh, or all the time, Tuesdays and Saturdays or Sundays today, uh, hashtag UFC Stockholm by the man himself, Sean Ross Sapp. Make sure you give him a follow at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow yours truly at Showdown Joe. Uh, uh, a somewhat... I guess, cyclic event or cyclic event uh, in Stockholm. I was going to start off this podcast by saying uh, it was an amazing night of uh, high-level sparring. Uh, They should have called it not UFC fight night, but UFC sparring night. But that quickly changed with at least the last three or four fights, or at least three fights, uh, with a couple sprinkled uh, in there. Uh, Overall, Sean, before we start throwing out some grades out there, uh, what did you think of the event? I thought that it was very promising for the
0: light heavyweight division. Very, very promising. We got a new name who was already ranked number five, and we questioned that. Well, he solidified that uh, in in Volcan Ozdemir, and I would I would think that an, an Ozdemir versus Gustafson main event is coming to a European event near you. I mean that that seems to that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I'll, I'll get into the the title talk and Gustafson. Like I saw John Anik tweet, and I was like, "Whoa, let's slow it down just a little bit." But not not a bad card. It was it was really inconsistent. You would have a great finish, then like one or two decisions. There was the this decision a lot of people didn't like between Silva and and Madotti. I I was okay with it, but we had some some which, third round which John Anik tweet. Were you referring to? Uh, The one where he said, get that man a title shot. Gotcha. I'm talking about Gustafson. Uh, I'll talk about that in a moment. We we saw a guy in uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan who had never been past 90 seconds. He got tested and downed. We probably saw the last of Chris Camozzi. So there were some things that happened on this show.
2: Yeah, I mean um, Angela Hill. I don't think she called me out on Twitter, but she recommended uh, I check out the the preliminary bouts or the earlier fights on UFC Fight Pass, which I already did. Uh, I simply stated I was so happy with Jack Hermanson kicking off the main card with finally a fight. In my opinion, uh, that had me move on my couch. Had me just sort of like thank goodness because you go up and down. And and anyone that's watched our podcasts uh, from day one knows how much I I, I it drives me batty. Whenever, you know, hypothetically, if I'm out and I've got to come home and race to catch up with a UFC event, there's nothing worse because I don't care about spoilers. I'll look at the results right away just so I know how much time it's going to be required to catch up. Thankfully, I watched this event from the very beginning uh, all the way until the main event. Um, but still, there were some fights where I'm like, oh, my God, it's just Barring, Like, I know it's not high-level MMA. We weren't expecting this to be a UFC pay-per-view, and I talk about it all the time, how I just want, you know, I just wish there were less fights, uh, less events, and and more higher, you know, I guess higher-quality MMA. Uh, So I just simply said, thank, thank you, Jack Hermanson, and for this, for you know, it was a good fight. Well, it was a quick fight, two minutes with Alex Nicholson. Um, but it was a fight, it was someone looking for a there finish, is. two guys that went in there, and then Angela Hill's like, No, Joe, you need to check out the earlier fights. I'm like, I did, you know, there was a couple of good fights that were on there. I like the the, the Madaddy fight, but no, I want to at this point now, it's, I don't know if it's my brain, Sean, that's had enough of, of MMA where I don't see guys or girls trying to finish fights. I, I don't want to see it, man. Let, let's just see some fights, go for a finish. I know it can't always happen, but. Fight for damn sake!
0: Yeah, this card, as we've mentioned, did not need to be twelve fights long, but the the Marcin Held finish—he's gone. He's yeah. gone. They just cut. They just cut twelve people. He's next on the chopping block. Chris Kamozzi's on the chopping block. He's he's pretty much gone. Uh, Reza Madati might be gone. He's lost three of four, and you know they're all too happy to quickly cut anybody that they can uh musaki might be gone so this this largely may have been a show where they were like let's let's trim some fat damian stasiak made that line against pedro muñoz look a little ridiculous but but ultimately pedro muñoz won pedro muñoz looked very good he's now won three in a row he's he's only lost one fight in his last six so that that's pretty good but as you mentioned, Alex Nicholson, there were a lot of people really happy that he got beat. He's been accused of domestic violence. He, not accused. He straight up has made racist comments. So to see him get knocked out in two minutes, you're not going to see a lot of people shed a tear over that. And I, actually, a guy whose fight I called last night, a CES and now premier MMA welterweight champion in Chris Curtis, has feuded with Alex Nicholson and Mike Perry. Who hasn't feuded with Mike Perry? So uh, I know he was thrilled to see that. I'll talk a little bit more about Premier MMA Championship later on. But Alex Nicholson got dominated. He stood up like, oh, man, can't believe you stopped this fight, which we also saw Ben Saunders do later, which was weird and a little funny. Yeah, good for for Jack Hermanson because – uh he he needed to rebound after after losing to Cesar Ferreira, Ferreira uh i think it was in november and this was the, the perfect way to do it and on a show like this coming off of three straight decisions that we saw in the prelims this is the type of finish that you want to see, and and he gave it to us.
2: Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, uh, peeps in the live chat right now, uh, guys. If you're out there, you want something to say, you want to talk about something, you've got an opinion. Uh, by all means, live chat, top right of your screen. Uh, Kyler James wants us to tweet at the link. I actually did tweet out the link, uh, Kyler. If you get a chance, just retweet what I did or what Sean did or what the Ad Fight May account did. Um, I want to I want to hit people with a program note.
0: Sorry to interrupt. Uh, we won't be doing a show right after Bellator 180. Instead, we're going to do a show the next night after the UFC card. Because Lee versus Kiesa is that night, I figured it would be uh, better to uh, run that post show podcast right after. That way, we didn't kind of clog the feeds. We could kind of encompass everything that evening.
2: Are you worried that we're not doing nothing for the next three or four weeks? No. Well, we're <laughs> <laughs> we got? We got of time. Holloway and Aldo. Holloway and Aldo. <laughs> Lewis and Hunt. So, guys, so Sean messages me earlier today, and he's like, yeah, we're not going to go live after Bellator. We're going to go live uh, after the UFC. And I'm like, Bellator? Is he talking about the pay-per-view? And isn't that thing like three or four weeks away? So I said, <laughs> you're talking about the Bellator pay-per-view, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, are we not doing shows between now and then? So I was just being sarcastic oh, no, we are, <laughs> But, yes, Tohaya, point.
0: Lewis Hunt, UFC 212. This is a big week for me. Last night I did the commentary at Premier May Championship. How did that go? Uh, it went very well, very well. Uh, there were some some really good talents and some not so good talents. <laughs> like uh, Nathan Mayness, I think he's eight and zero as a pro now. That that was good to see. Chris Curtis, who is knocking on the door of the UFC, and there was this kid. And you will never see me tout amateurs. There was a kid named Blake Golden. I saw that. I get and to eat, yeah. A, there was it was a poise that I've never seen out of a one and zero amateur. Um, it was it was just amazing the head movement the, it, it was it was incredible i would be shocked if he weren't a pro by next year but yeah that, that was a fun time got blood all over my notes as is tradition at these these events that was fun you all can check it out on flowcombat.com but yeah uh, then then let's see we have this show today i've got shows tomorrow and we got uh the memorial day of course then tuesday two shows Wednesday, hopefully Jimmy Van will be there. He's awaiting the birth of his child.
2: Joe. Every time I ask him to connect, he's like, "Dude, my wife is pregnant." No, actually, she's not. She's yeah. very pregnant. No, actually, she's not. She's very, very pregnant. Joe. And I'm like, "Okay, well, you let me know, bud." Yeah. Then
0: next next Saturday, uh, my wife's best friend gets married, and I'm in the wedding. I'm actually I'm an usher, so I got to deal with that all next weekend, and then hopefully get back in time for UFC 212 and know what I'm talking about for a show with you
2: you'll be fine. You are so knowledgeable. I, I, I,
0: <laughs> I can give
2: you half hour to prep for any show. And you'll be perfectly fine. I think you've proven to everybody that uh, your knowledge is uh, is almost second to none. So I
0: mean, I yeah. can't imagine the wedding and reception going until like 11. I mean, 1130. And if I get there by 1130, I can catch up on the fights like that ain't a problem. Skip through the mid round, skip through before and after and all that stuff. So
2: Man, we have, when That's we go to it. a wedding up here, I don't know if it's just because of my Italian descent or my Italian heritage. We're not home until three or four in the morning. So good for you. Yeah. And Sean Bio says,
0: we won't have a break until August 6th after UFC 214. Yeah, UFC likes to stock these summers up. And I'm finally going on my honeymoon in September. Yeah. Well, then, finally. Good for you, by the way. Uh, are you going anywhere specific? Just Orlando. I told her we could go anywhere in the world, and she wants to go to Harry Potter World
2: do it, whatever she says man and i me, said, you know what all right we'll do it she wants that do it you can go somewhere else later on when you when you gather up some more uh brownie points uh the, the one thing regarding what sean bio said and how you just mentioned how the ufc stacks up these summer um you know stacks up the summer they're really their only competition really is major league baseball they're not going against the nfl yes, nhl great. yeah they're not going up against the nfl nhl um or the NBA. So uh, they try and take over uh, for the summer months with just baseball. Uh, and there is a period I think around the all-star break where the UFC, I think only once over the past seven years has dropped the ball because there's a, there's a time frame around the, the um, I think it's the baseball all-star game where there's nothing in the world of sports that is going on. Yeah. And it's a perfect opportunity for the UFC to take over that mainstream sports audience. Yes. Well, the interesting thing is
0: tonight's show, today's show, Sweden. Next week's show, Brazil. The week after that, New Zealand. The week after that, Singapore. And then they're finally back in in Oklahoma City at the end of the month for Lee versus Kiesa, which I can't wait
2: for. Can you? Yeah, did you remember in the podcasts when that bout was rumored to be the main yes. event? And I was like, "What are they doing? This is not going to happen." Like, did they need something? <laughs> better. And then Frank Trigg was the one that said, yeah, one of these two guys has to do something. They both got to sort of raise their stock. They got to bring awareness to this. And then that press conference happened. And then, boom, we're all talking about it. As they say in the wrestling business, that's called
0: selling you a ticket. In MMA, sometimes they call it selling you wolf tickets. But I don't think these are wolf tickets between these two. I think they really dislike each other. Oh, oh well, we've got Sweden to talk about,
2: damn it. Yes, Um, we'll start off in the main event, obviously. Uh, Actually, do you want to work your way up, or do you want to start your work your way down? Let's let's work our way up. All right, build an audience. All right, what's that? We can build the audience. All right. Uh, In terms of the preliminary UFC uh, fight card or the fight pass card, uh, Darren Till, uh, you know, he looked pretty damn good emerging victorious over uh, Jason Ieri, and of course uh, Hadzovich taking on Marcin Held. You mentioned Marcin Held uh, is done seven seconds into the third round. Um, You know, he he gets KO'd. Okay, he gets kneed, He gets dropped. He's done. Uh, I'm I'm personally surprised that Marcin Hels. I thought it was I was going to expect more from him uh, when he came over to the UFC. Unfortunately, it hasn't panned out, uh, and you're pretty convinced that he's done. Yeah, three
0: straight win or three straight losses in the UFC. The first two against Lozon and Sanchez. Uh, that happens. But he, he's giving the UFC these lengthy fights, and he's not winning, so I, I, I've got to imagine they'll cut him. Don't know if he'll be welcome back to Bellator because he was a Bellator guy for about four years and then just kind of left them off of a win, off of a really hot streak, honestly, outside of his loss to Will Brooks. But he'll get some offers. Like I, I'd imagine he'll fight for
2: KSW or somebody like that who had a big show this weekend too. Yeah, uh, and then kicking off the preliminary card on Fox Sports 1, uh, Boyan Velkovich, I hope I said it right, Vel, Vel yeah, Velkovich, uh, you know, and, and as soon as he did what he did to Niko Musaki with the stank leg, I thought there, there's going to be so many gifts and, and memes that are going to come out now uh, of Niko Musaki doing that sort of dance, whatever, but hey, listen, when you get clocked in that manner, that's what happens. I think it was a pretty good performance for Boyan. Yeah, I thought so too, um,
0: and like I said, he may have – booted musaki out of the ufc with that one.
2: Oh, hold on sean before you say that you think they're going to give nico a little bit of credence the fact that he was off for two years
0: uh this regime no i don't and it was it was it was over two years and i mean they've, they've given him fight after fight after fight in in sweden like i think three in a row so i mean i I mean, maybe if they're like God, we gotta put another guy from Sweden on the show. But I think this sh- this event sells just as many tickets without him as with him. Good point. Um, sorry, did you want to go ahead and talk about the fight there? No, I, th- I thought that Musaki looked or not Musaki, um, <clears throat> Velkovitch or Velidkovitch. Yeah, Velkovitch or <laughs> looked uh, very good. <laughs> sorry, it's been a long it's been a long day already. I hear you. Yeah, I hear outside, you. Outside, outside of that, you know, I thought the the main card, the this Fox Sports one prelim card, not not the best, not the best.
2: Well, there was some controversy with the Silva and Medeiros fight. Uh, there are some people that are, you know, for me, you could have scored it either way. You know, Silva, I think, did emerge victorious, but you can make the argument that Medeiros did win that fight. In the end, it was a split decision. Uh, two judges had it twenty nine twenty eight one way. One judge had it 28 the opposite way. Either way, you could make the argument, but. You know, it wasn't that spectacular of a fight, but it got the, the, the crowd rejuvenated again because uh, when you see your guy get nailed in the face like Nico did and do that stank, leg, like, kind of silences them. Uh, and then, you know, the action started to pick up, uh, you know, with Silva emerging victorious. Um, I, I don't know exactly what's next for him because it didn't really stand out as a performance where he was an eyebrow raiser, but he does emerge victorious. Indeed, and this is... These prelim
0: cards, even even on a Swedish event in the middle of the afternoon on Fox Sports 1, it's an opportunity to help make a name for yourself, and that's what you have to do. And this essential, in my opinion, this was a fight to save their jobs because uh, Bohan had, I think he had a draw and then dropped a split decision, and he came in and didn't have the, the greatest fight. I think it was in Croatia last year against, God, I can't even pronounce that guy's name, uh, I remember his name was Alessio. Didn't have the best fight there on that Rothwell Dos Santos card. So he was – I think these two were fighting for their job. And, and you see that when the UFC cuts a dozen people this weekend, that they're, they are trying to cut it down. I went and looked at Joe thinking, man, the UFC's probably trimmed down their roster a bunch. No, they're still well over 500. My goodness. So, My goodness. So I would imagine that they want to get that down. I would imagine so, especially with this contender
2: series coming up. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Trevor Smith taking on Chris Camozzi. Uh, that was not the most exciting fight on this card, and it was what began yours truly thinking, i got to say something. I, this this is not high-level MMA. Uh, I get it was wrestling, and I get there's a game plan, and some guys can neutralize each other, or girls can neutralize each other, but, oh, my goodness, was it the longest 15 minutes that I, that I experienced all day, and it just didn't get any better from there uh, until a while. Um, Trevor emerges victorious. You're thinking Camozzi's done. Yeah, time to stop doing him favors.
0: And I don't think you're doing him favors by letting him fight in your company anymore. I mean, financially, sure, but no hip movement, nothing. He stayed pinned on his back. He couldn't stop the takedown. This is a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu who has been fighting for over a decade, has been training for even
2: longer than that, and he's only 30. Yeah, that's a very good point because the lack of foot movement – the lack of real takedown defense and then not doing much on the ground had me thinking, like, what's going on here? Are you injured? Should you even be fighting here? Or have you just completely lost it where your brain is telling you you need to do this or that or this or that, but the body's not reacting? And and Trevor Smith, is he's not like a can or anything. He's won
0: three or four, but he's often competed in that – that 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 cycle of guys like Talos Latest, Ed Herman, Dan Miller, Chris Camozzi, and where Chris Camozzi has has fought a lot of those same people, where you know they're there, but they're you know they're not going to make a whole lot of noise with the exception of maybe a Talos Latest on occasion. But if if you've lost three, you've lost three in a row here. He managed to piece together three wins last year, uh, in part because of. Uh, Tom Watson landing groin strikes, but he's had his like I think three or four runs in the UFC. After this, it's time to cut him loose. I understand he won those three fights in a row, so that was enough to give him this leash. But time, time to let it go. I I don't want to see him, even though you know he can go the distance with the Lorenz Larkins or Rafael Natal. I don't want to see him get bounced around anymore. He's, gosh, he's got to be up there uh, among those who had the most losses in UFC history has to be at this point.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm around forever. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you. So we go from a middleweight fight where, you know, yours truly sitting on the couch, just going, Holy smokes guys, come on, let's do something here. All right. Bantamweight fight. Yes. Bantamweight 135 pounders. (laughs) It's going to be fast. It's going to be exciting. Pedro Munoz, huge favorite. Damien Stasiak's going to have to prove that. You know what? He can bag in there. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what the hell are you guys doing please more 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 in the end Pedro Munoz thirty, twenty-seven, twenty-nine, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, twenty-eight. 29 28 29 28 your thoughts yeah coming off of two straight performance of the
0: nights, I didn't expect this type of performance out of Pedro Munoz but I mean he won so it's really all you can ask for he might He did say he's the best in the world yeah he might launch himself maybe in the top 10 or maybe Maybe Eduardo and Weinland are above him right now. Maybe he belongs in over them. I, I don't know. He he has that win over Scoggins. That was a good win, welcoming Scoggins to the division, but and not much to speak of.
2: See, when I wrote my article, and I, you know, when I do analysis for a lot of the the, the fun bets articles that I write for Fightful.com, I, I I generally take a look at the caliber of competition both fighters um, have competed against. You know that Scoggins victory stood out to me. I thought, yeah, if you're taking out Scoggins that way by welcoming him to the division uh, and doing what you did, Damien, you're gonna have some major problems. And instead, I was like, oh my god, man, come on, man. So again, styles make fights. That's just the oldest adage in in combat sports. Yep, and this was this made a bad fight. It's a bad fight. It's the one that is supposed to generate um, – well, generally, usually pay-per-view, but it's supposed to generate hype for the main card. It's generally there to determine, hey, you know what? If you watch this, you're going to be amped up. This is the one that's going to get you. If you haven't ordered the pay-per-view, you're going to order the pay-per-view. Yeah.
0: Thankfully eight, – Eight of the first nine fights on tonight's show went to at least the third round. Not Not to say that there's anything wrong with that because – But isn't it funny that when that happens, it's never just like a bunch of kick-ass fights? Now, this was a pretty – I've seen far worse. I've seen far worse. I'll say that much because I I like – Silva Madaddy was okay to me because Silva pressed forward a little bit. But then when he got put on his back, there wasn't a lot happening. So that that prevented that from being a good fight for me.
2: Dude, all all six fights before the main card went to the third round. I want to yeah, grab pliers and, and start pulling my teeth out, man.
0: And while Boyan and, and the Hadzavik finishes were exciting, it took an awful long time to get there. The Munoz thing, I just I like seeing a high-level guy like Pedro Munoz compete, but I don't know that Damian Stasiak is high-level as well. So I didn't get that much joy out of it.
2: No, not at all. And then we move on finally to the main card where I did say I did my Ric Flair impression where I got off the couch and did the old you know, little movement there, whatever you want to call it, the Ric Flair walk, whatever he calls it. But Jack Hermanson takes out Alex and we talked about it, but it was finally a situation where I almost had a sigh of relief. Like, okay, maybe things are going to change here. Maybe this, the, the night is going to change. Uh, and he and pulls off that, that, you know, the, the TKO there. It was a, schoolyard bully beatdown that's exactly what it was it was two minutes of a guy saying I'm gonna kick the crap out of you and he did that and when he got his hooks in it was the one fight where my son was actually on the couch with me uh, I had him I didn't want him to watch the event I want him to just focus on uh, just doing some he was doing a whole bunch of um, uh, school stuff he was playing we use a law it's a long day for him it's six hours uh, without daddy on a Sunday afternoon but he wanted to come in and spend time with daddy Sean he sat with me and it's the one fight where he's like that guy got a Beat down, daddy. I said, Yep. Yes, he did. Thank goodness. So, um, you know, I, I know, you know it broke things
0: call, like, up. It broke things up. At, but I'll tell you this watching this at one to three in the afternoon is a hell of a lot more tolerable, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> Be
2: careful what I say here. <laughs> yes and no. Okay. Now, people that are watching, you're, people are global. Okay. We're all over. We, we got viewers right now from all over the world. Okay. I'm a Canadian. I live just north of Toronto. We've had horrendous weather, a horrendous winter, not a horrendous winter, a pretty bad winter, and a brutal spring of just, we can't do nothing outside. I've yet to take out my patio furniture from my backyard. We got a super sunny day today, an absolutely beautiful sunny day, which is Latin for me, Sean, to go into the garage, take everything out, bring it to the backyard and blah, blah. No. Because my job entails me watching UFC events. So I've been inside. It doesn't all get day. dark till like nine, though. What's that? It
0: doesn't get dark till like nine. We'll be done with this show in like 20 more minutes.
2: Yeah, but I'm a father. I'm a husband, spent zero time with the family today. I'm taking them out to an amazing uh, ice cream place uh, in a a town over. Uh, It's a beautiful strip. I'm taking the family out for being patient with me today uh, for working on a Sunday afternoon when we could have been outside doing whatever we got to do. This is my job. They get it. They understand it. So you're asking me, do I like these Sunday afternoon cards? Hell yeah. Middle of winter, son. Middle of winter. Bring it on the middle of winter, not in the spring or summer where us Canadians barely have good weather to enjoy. Our time for good weather is this much when the year is this much. So we want to enjoy it, but you know, and, and, and as hence the reason why I was so excited with what Jack Hermanson did, I'm like, you're now making it worth my time. Yes. Okay then we move on to Canadian in the World Tour division, Nordin Taleb, taking on uh, the debuting undefeated Oliver Enkamp, uh, you know, whose face looks absolutely fantastic uh, to be young again, Sean. Uh, but, uh, you know, he made it to the big show and he fought a veteran. Uh, and I don't know how one scorecard, I, I don't know if my math is is it's Canadian math, Swedish math, but two judges gave it 30-27, one gave it 29-28. Can you explain what I missed here? Uh, no, I can't
0: except for how did we miss Oliver in camp turning 25? Because he looks 16. He's, he's a very, very poor man's wonder boy. And I mean like not a poor man's wonder boy, like a homeless man's wonder boy. <laughs> and it's funny because he, he would, he would, he fought very similarly. He had, he had a similar stance and the blueprint was like a homeless blueprint to beat him. Nordine Taleb would back him up to the cage where he couldn't pop in and out where, uh, in camp couldn't pop in and out then he would land strikes that was the way to beat him and he did and then took in camp down to the ground In camp couldn't do anything on the ground his best option was his jiu-jitsu and it didn't get him anywhere nordine taleb picked up the win another guy that i thought had to win oh yeah so it was mostly him
2: yeah the guys in the live chat um i see a couple comments there just i want to i'll i'll, I'll Keep looking at it as we talk, as Sean and I talk here. Did you like the fact that this event was on a Sunday afternoon, uh, or do you still like them on a Saturday night, depending on obviously where you're from? Throw up your comments here. I want to see you try and get a, uh, almost a, a, a ballpark figure of, of yays or nays. Um, then we go on to the welterweight fight with Amari Akmedov taking out Abdul Razak Al Hassan whose total fight time heading in this, in his professional career, heading into this fight here was just over six and a half minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, unfortunately, for the very first time, he goes the distance and loses uh, a split decision. Uh, he was still teeing off. Uh, Akhmedov has a jaw from hell. We'll get to, a, to share his jaw in a minute. But Amari did what he had to do every single time he was in trouble, Sean. He's like, nope, we're done striking. I'm going for a takedown. So kudos to Medov, uh for being cerebral and, and and being able being able to adapt uh, throughout this fight. Yeah, I'd love to see Al Hassan
0: utilize that judo a lot more. Like because if, if you're a black belt in judo, you gotta utilize it. I mean he's he's finished all of his fights in like a minute and a half. So you know, it's worked for him. But uh, Omari. Another guy, I think, had to win to stay in the UFC. Did so, and Al Hassan needed to be tested. Generally, you'd like to find you'd be tested before you're about to turn 32, like like Al Hassan. But Al Hassan got a really really late start in MMA to begin with. But this is this is a fight that he needed. He needed to one go go longer than 90 seconds, and two see that he could go the distance. And one judge thought he won. It was one of those rare 30 27, 30 27. <laughs>
1: Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: I mean, uh, this wasn't a bad fight.
2: I didn't mind it. It was good MMA. It was good MMA. It wasn't super exciting, but I like seeing the stuff that Amari was doing. I like the fact that Abdul was doing whatever he could to try and finish the fight. He was hunting. He was chasing. He was being the predator. Amari was being that smart sort of prey and doing what he had to do. Uh, But Abdul was still throwing that hard right hand, although he was loading up, looking for that one-punch knockout. Listen, it's, it's not... Always recommended, but in a situation where you want to continue that winning streak, yeah, why not? Just throw it out there, especially, you know, with a guy like me who was so bored pretty much throughout the whole day. Yeah, man, keep doing it, keep doing it. But I was also, you know, appreciative. Amari was like, I'm not getting tagged by this dude, right? There was a size discrepancy there. If you pay close attention, there was a side, like Amari was much bigger uh, than Abdul, but at the same time, he's like, this kid throwing bombs he's got power that's leather tnt right there i don't want to get hit by this we're going down to the ground i'm gonna control you and get you to relax and you know abdul did get up a few times so it was a good mixed martial arts bout, in my opinion where we got to see the various intricacies in mma hence the reason weird. why i liked it i don't mind that one going the distance i would not want to see you know nine of these fights in a row but i don't mind that one weird to think that omari is two years younger than al hassan yeah
0: very true very true. Uh,
2: before we get to the final three fights, I do want to ask you, uh, and hopefully I'll be able to do this uh, on every single post show. I, I want to get your your report card um, and guys in the chat and girls in the chat, if you want to throw up so your, your, your thoughts as well. I see most people are kind of iffy uh, on the event actually uh, happening on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I want to get your, your scorecard. As a fellow guy that does play-by-play uh, and understands the broadcasting world and understands commentary in general, uh, I want you to grade... Uh, John Gooden, A to F, as well as uh, Dan Hardy, A to F. I'll give you mine right off the bat, so there's no pressure to you to come up with something. Uh, John Gooden, my opinion, A+. Plus. Uh, Dan Hardy, A-, minus. and the only reason why I'll give Dan Hardy an A-, minus, cause, not just because I love the guy. He's always been so amazing to me over my career. The only issue... And it's one thing, if, if, if he did 100 things, he got 99 perfect in my books. The only thing he, that, that I kind of disliked was every time a punch was pretty much thrown, he's freaking out. Oh, oh, no, 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 it's not, yeah. oh, it's not, they're not that great, those punches. You know, what Gustafson did uh, you know, in that fight there and even what Glover was doing, and stuff, those are O's. Those are big, oh, my gosh some of the fights no man no so we don't need to hear that all the time but other than that i think dan's breakdowns and, and and just as an analyst was fantastic what are your grades
0: it's funny because my my wrestling viewers who also watch this will really appreciate that you just said that because we literally kept an O count on wwe one time because wwe coached their announcers to scream oh during matches not call moves that's one of the reasons why Vince McMahon didn't like Maro Ranallo a lot, because he called lie. moves. Yeah, well, there, there's a big issue there, but he, he actually called moves. Uh, there was one guy, Tom Phillips, in particular. He called uh, 127 moves as oh on a on a wrestling show. 127. Yeah, wow. it's brutal. That's that's really my only complaint about Dan Hardy. And occasionally, you'll one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to like set the stage by saying. He's doing this here. You don't want to add here and you don't want to say he he punched him. You gotta use the pronoun. You gotta you gotta say their names that way if somebody's not paying attention, they know who's doing what. You don't see a lot of that out of uh, Hardy and Gooden. They're very good about using their pronouns. So I love listening to them on commentary. I, I think that's fantastic.
2: fantastic. Yeah, I think. hi hey,
0: a- Jinx, <laughs> Jinx, Coke, don't be
2: I'm a huge fan of Brian Stan as well. Uh, I want to be careful that we do these gradings uh, because I could give you a, a couple of D's, E's, and F's in my opinion. Uh, but moving forward, we'll, we'll. If I'm ever going to give someone a low grade, I'll explain why. Uh, Ole Samuel Ole, not a big fan, calls them monotone or monotone robots with British accents. I respectfully disagree. I think they're absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I, I. I Definitely like what they bring to the table. And the whole he thing that you mentioned, or she thing, um, I had a producer uh, that I worked with in the past, uh, not many times, but he was just fantastic, uh, always in our ear, uh, and basically was explaining to somebody that that was working uh, next to him. he was a color commentator, didn't have much experience, and kept reminding the party, you need to say the person's first name or last name when you're explaining something to the viewer, because if you keep saying he or she needs to do this, not all viewers are educated. They may not know which he or she you are mentioning. So you have to mention those names. Uh, when I work with Kamara Usman on Titan FC, he's fantastic. I mean, I, th- I thought that we were getting major compliments from a lot of the people uh, in Florida uh, that were able to catch the broadcast, especially the truck, uh, especially with the chemistry that we had and that that was his best show. I said, I, d- I agree. I mean, Kamara Usman was absolutely fantastic for a guy that's very calm, Sean very, very calm, very you – know, I got to get his energy up and running every time we go to a, a UFC commercial or a UFC Fight Pass commercial or whatever. I'm like, come on, bro. You know, you need a coffee? What do you need? Let's just, let's get this going. Let's get a little bit more excited here. And you saw it, and he's getting better and better uh, with every rep. And he's he's fantastic. But he knows that when he's talking about someone, you got to mention their name. Other people yeah. I've worked with in the past, didn't matter how many times you told them, Sean. Not going to happen. Oh, yeah. I've had people that
1: try
0: to finish my sentences for me and – do all that stuff, and I'm very, very young in in the game. But when you hear what well, one watching wrestling shows me a lot of what not to do, because the things that we we badger on from the wrestling commentary are really it translates over to MMA. In MMA, one of the good things they do in wrestling is they tell stories. Because sometimes there's a lot of downtime in MMA, you want to still be able to tell those stories. By the way, gate 1.9 million. 12,668 people uh, at Stockholm. Performances of the night uh, Hadzovic and Velichovic. Hadzovich. Fight of the night. Yes. Yeah, Fight of the night. Gustafson and Teixeira. Weird that Hermanson so, didn't
2: get one of those. Well, the people that were. <sighs> or Sabata. I was just going to say, man, the next fight I want to talk about is Peter Sabata, who took on Ben Saunders. Now, there's always been a theory. Um, I think Dana – I asked Dana about this once. Uh, I think he finally out told me and a couple of the media members, what well, we basically – or was it Joe Silva? But they basically look at when they're giving out – or they did. They're giving out these performance bonuses. It generally happens to to fighters a little bit higher on the card because you are doing something – Versus a higher caliber talent. Does that make sense? Yeah. So someone like like uh, Hadzovic, who does it to Marcin Held. Uh, I was going to say, do you think, Sean, that that's perhaps the UFC saying thank you? Yes. Okay. So we move so that as the bonuses continue to move on, or you move up the card, the talent level gets more difficult, or gets the talent level is higher uh, in comparison to those in the lower part, portions of the card. So the difficulty of finishing should technically be more difficult. So when it happens at a higher level, like Peter Sabota did with Ben Saunders, you can say whatever you want, ladies and gentlemen. Ben Saunders being finished, he doesn't belong in the UFC. He's still a high caliber fighter. Sabota did. Did. He had to do in the second round, coming out with that Tiki knee. He was ruthless in that fight, and he had to do what he had to do to finish uh, Ben Saunders. I thought he performed fantastic, and it was finally the first of three dominoes uh, that ended the night in, in spectacular fashion. I think that
0: Saunders absolutely belongs in the UFC. He's five and two. He's only he's lost to Sabata and Cote, and then in Bellator is really his last run. He just lost to Lima, so he's been on. He's he's a really good gatekeeper. He is the type of guy that you want in that division to weed out people who don't belong there. I can't believe he protested that stoppage, but then again, I'm pretty sure he had nine concussions in that fight. Bingo. So yeah. uh, I shouldn't be that surprised that he, he protested, protested the stoppage because he probably didn't know any better at that point. He That was a good stoppage. Maybe could have been stopped earlier, but I'm not really harping on that because Saunders kept getting up. He kept getting up every single time Sabata would knock him down or knock him loopy. Ben Saunders would come right back and and find a way to stay in it. But that's a big win for Peter Sabata too. Because I mean they've got you know they're running these events in Europe all the time, but they have a tough time finding people to keep at that like co main event level. And outside of dropping the fight to Kyle Noak in Noak's home country uh peter savata done very well i think he's four and one in, in the ufc so that could be somebody to to watch out for uh, at least for the ufc you know they got to be thrilled
2: well yeah so a couple of things come to mind with what you just mentioned um the stoppage i went back and forth uh with a gentleman on twitter very very good uh good exchange um basically agreeing with the fact that the stoppage was fine now if this was a title fight and this was Ben Saunders uh, competing for the welterweight title, maybe you let it go a little bit more. I understand the fighter safety argument. You have to – it's it's way more important. Uh, Fighter safety is way more important than somebody winning a title. I totally get that. I understand that. But you're always going to give a little bit of credence to a contender or a challenger in a title fight because this could be their only opportunity for their career. You're about to make a decision for someone, uh, a.k.a. Mario Yamasaki, Frank Trigg, that could cost the fighter a million dollars in potential revenue very, very soon. George St. Pierre always told me, he goes, I'm not worried. Uh, He goes, every fighter's tough. Every single fighter that competes in the UFC, in the octagon, is tough. Pearson has said it, but George has always told me, when you're defending that title, you're competing against another human being who that night is willing to die. Fighters say they're always willing to die when they step into the cage or into the octagon or into a ring. Not necessarily. That just means that they're tough. They're talking tough. They're going to do what they want to do. When they get, they move up the rankings, and they get to a world title fight, this is the breaking point. This is the fork going left or the fork in the road going left or the fork in the road going right. You're willing to die that night. So when you're the world champion, you're fighting against a guy who's willing or girl who's willing to die that night. So it's very difficult sometimes to finish them. So you got to respect that. But in a regular fight, not even a real contender fight like this one between Sabota and Saunders. It's not, a, it's not a contender fight. It's two guys at welterweight trying to you know throw their names in the mix, trying to move up the rankings, trying to get ranked. So... The fact that Ben Saunders has proven that he could take a bunch of baseball bats to the skull doesn't mean he has to keep taking them. There's nothing really for him to take it for. There's no belt on the line. So I like this stoppage. Now I had conversations with, with guys like big John McCarthy uh, during the Sarah McMahon and Ronda Rousey fight where the stoppage was too early as an example. Well, in my opinion, and I, I asked John about this, Sarah McMahon should have been given a bit more leeway to continue in that fight, even though Ronda Rousey dropped her. It was a world title fight; you got to give her a little bit more leeway. Uh, I hope that makes sense. That makes sense to you, Sean? Definitely, I completely understand. And a lot of judges
0: or not judges, referees will establish that. Just last night, uh, there are some that will say, even at the the, the low level amateur level, uh, I'm more lenient to let professional fights go longer because a lot of you amateurs have got to go to work on monday and a lot of you amateurs aren't getting paid so if i see something and i think your knee's in danger i think that something else is in danger i'm going to end it for your good Uh, and i think that that's done at the pro levels as well and i completely
2: agree with it we move on to the co-main event where you know i put my 416 hat, hashtag the six, tweeted out that my boy Misha Surkinov is about to step in the octagon at UFC Stockholm, co-main event, taking on Volkan Uzdemir, a guy I know pretty well, Titan FC, said to myself, you know what, I don't want to really have an allegiance, but I'm from Toronto, got to give love to Misha Surkinov, boom, I jump on the bandwagon, ready to go, looking out the window, cheering, 28 seconds later, Volkan Ozdemir hits him with a right to the ear. Timber Burr, Dongo, Serkinov, fight over.
0: Arm punch to the ear. Just b- nothing behind it. It was impressive. This is the same guy who got uh, tapped out to a neck crank two years ago in Bellator, and now he is the top five light heavyweight, maybe climbing a little bit more after beating Serkinov, because we questioned if he belonged as a top five guy after he just beat Ovin St. peru in a split decision before that. He was he had fought as a heavyweight for like the, a couple of years before that. But he put Misha Sirkonov to bed and there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Like that that's a guy who won his first four UFC fights in Misha Sirkinov. And to me, if if I'm the UFC, I got Ozdemir and Gustafson queued up for an event in Europe. Main event. Uh- I don't know if I remember it. Did Uzdemir not call out Jimmy Manoa? He did, but uh, if he wants to fight Jimmy Manoa on that that Jones-Cormier show, yeah, sure, why not?
2: But you like the Gustafson, um uzdemir fight better?
0: I do. I, and in a main event in Europe, I like Gustafson fighting anybody
2: but for the title. All right, <laughs> so yeah, I concur. I 100% concur he's got to win at least one more fight, but does a victory potentially – we're getting into what-ifs and hypotheticals here – does a victory over Volkan Uzdemir give him a title shot? Who, Gustafsson? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, in this, in this landscape – well, it depends. It depends on when Jimmy Mando gets his shot. If he can beat whoever he's supposed to beat in July – then Jimmy Manoa probably gets the next title shot. But otherwise, uh, yeah, if Jimmy, Jimmy Manoa loses or something, then sure, yeah, whenever Volkan Odesmere gets it. I mean, look, look at how, how things were before, Joe. Pulling out of a fight against Gegard Musashi got him a title fight. Losing to Anthony Johnson got him a title fight. That's why I am saying just because he beat Glover Teixeira doesn't give him a title shot because he's already been given a title shot for literally doing nothing. And even worse than nothing, losing. Well, I don't know if losing is worse than nothing, but he did get deaded by Anthony
2: Johnson. I would rather see Vulcan versus Jimmy Manoa with the winner getting a title shot.
0: Yeah, I I would be okay with that. I would be okay with that. I mean, if to be honest, I mean, if if Vulcan can beat Jimmy Manoa, there's no reason you can't do that. It's not like the the whole pay-per-view would hinge on Jimmy Manoa getting a title shot. It's going to be Cormier or... Or Jones that sell that show. Yes. I mean, whether it's against Manoa or
2: Demir. So we move on to the main event with Alexander Gubsafson. Uh, there were some, I didn't want to say anything. I should have, could have, would have, but I didn't until I realized it's already on social media. People were posting, um, uh, what did they call him? Forrester uh, Gubsafson because of the running that he was doing in and around the yeah. cage. He was just sprinting around every time uh, Glover tried to do anything. Uh, Which technically is okay because you want to get the center of the cage, but you can do it without sprinting. Uh, you can do it without jogging you can do it with angles so uh, once or twice I get it but he did it so many times that boom those gifts started popping up of Forrest Gump running past that fence and going down the neighborhood down the road Uh, and I think people were able to to either put Alexander on there or whatever I thought it was hilarious but uh, it was a bit disturbing but what wasn't disturbing was when Alexander realized uh, he was picking away at Glover Teixeira and those uppercuts slowly but surely started picking away the elbows started picking away Uh, some of the ground and pound I John Gooden had a fantastic call. I actually quoted it uh, in one of my tweets, and, and uh, a night of I posted on Facebook during the fight, uh, where he basically said, "Tashera uh, is, is absorbing. Was it Tashera is absorbing a, a hailstorm of elbows without an umbrella? Like that—that's beauty right there." Uh, but as the time went on, Teixeira's pulling this Brazilian zombie thing, where he keeps coming forward, keeps coming forward, keeps coming forward, and then in that fifth round. Uppercut one lands and time stopped for Glover Teixeira. Um, said noticed it. Fake left, uppercut number two. Time really stood still. Fake left, uppercut number three, steps off to the side. Basically, right hooker across, drops him, fight over, Gustafson wins uh, in the fifth round. That to me was a 21 minute and seven second fight that I absolutely loved. That's what I like to see when I'm watching fights, not the other stuff, the glorified sparring that we saw in some of the earlier bouts. uh Gustafson wins, uh, and I said it before the show, a lot of people don't give him enough credit. The fact uh, he may not have emerged victorious as many times as we've seen over the past few years, but he's a top guy in this division, having only lost to the likes of Daniel Cormier, John Jones, and Anthony Rumble Johnson. He now emerges victorious, takes out a very game Glover Teixeira, and now finds himself in, a, in an interesting situation. Uh, your thoughts on the fight, sir? Love to fight. Like, until Teixeira got finished, you
0: never knew if he was actually out of the fight, even though it looked like he was about to be finished on multiple occasions. Augustison is that weird mix of really good technical MMA and then just abandoning everything technical, the sprinting and stuff. I didn't have a problem with that. Usually I did. I had somebody saying he should be warned, have a point taken away. No, it worked. He popped in, he he would land combinations, then sprint away. And that's that's just MMA. And it worked and he won the fight. So I can't have that much of a problem with it. This wasn't boring at all. He he makes in takedowns really well. I you know, I question what a lot of these long violent fights are gonna do for him in the long run, but he's won he won a night he won in September, so he's back on the horse. Don't want to see him get that title shot, as I mentioned, but man, what a fight this was, and he proposed to his his fiance uh, uh, proposed to his girlfriend that caps off an even even better day for him. I loved this fight. I love how unpredictable he is inside the cage it makes for entertainment it makes. It's it's really hard to scout him. It's very very hard to scout him, and really the only person that's been able to put him away with any type of quickness is is Anthony Johnson, and that's just because well, and and, and Phil Davis kind of, but that was that was seven years ago. That barely even counts. But well, Dan, Anthony Johnson well, is just that
2: guy. Right now on the on the live chat, Sean is basically saying he'd rather see Manoa versus Gustafson again. It's long enough for them to fight again. They trained together, Delone Wolf. I don't think they'll be fighting.
0: Yeah, that was three years ago. Uh, it was a great fight, but no, I think you you kind of got to mix that up a little bit. You got to mix the Ozdemirs in with the manawas, because otherwise you're going to have that that carousel of Cormier, Jones, Gustafson, Teixeira at the top. You got to mix in a Shogun. You got to mix in an Ozdemir. You got to mix in some of these guys. You got to do that. You got to mix in some of the new guys with some of the old guys. Uh, Corey Anderson, throw him in there. Do what you can, even anti and any of those. They they did it with uh, Blockovitz uh, last year. Put him against Gustafson. So uh,
2: yeah. a certain. Um, do you remember that guy that was a top contender in the division? I think his name was Anthony Rumble Johnson. Remember him?
0: Yeah, I, I think yeah. 15. The guy who the guy who had the worst game plan
2: ever <laughs> against DC and Buffalo. Yes. Rumble is. I don't know if Rumble is trolling on Twitter right now, or if he's serious. And I quote, I'm getting that itch. Show these boys how to throw an uppercut the right way. End quote. Rumble said that? He did. Okay, well
0: then... all right, He's got buddy. a picture of the Rams helmet on his Twitter. Okay, dude. I... I just... I... I don't want to hear him say anything after the way that he fought Daniel Cormier and the, the Wolf tickets that he sold to everybody. He thieved money from people by employing that game
2: plan. It's embarrassing. I agree uh, I, what we saw there, but you know, I, I think uh, – based on all the stuff that we'd heard him say in the post-fight interview and afterwards, uh, he had checked out long before uh, he would probably got into that fight, basically saying, I'm done. I'm not taking this head trauma anymore. I don't want any I think more he, I think he checked out
0: in the fall. I think he checked out in the fall, and that's why he refused the interim title fight. You think so? Yeah, I think because they were going to go with Musashi versus Rumble, and Musa- who knows? Musashi could be light heavyweight champion right now in the UFC had that happened. But I think he had checked out then, and that's why he refused to fight for an interim title. I think he considered himself to have one more fight and was
2: happy to do that with with, um, with Cormier. Well, that's the whole card right there. Uh, we've gone up and down. We've discussed it. We put some grades out there. Um, anything else you want to discuss regarding this hashtag UFC Stockholm card? Because, again, like I said, it, it, it was... I was almost pulling my teeth out, uh, as I was watching it until eventually it ended on a very high note, uh, enough to say that the last three fights and what happened in that main event. And then what happened with, with Alexander proposing to his now fiance kind of gave me that sort of, okay, it wasn't that bad. It was actually good. They did enough for me to make me happy. Your thoughts.
0: Decent show. I didn't get to start watching it until a little bit later. So I got to catch up and that made it a lot better for me. Um, Otherwise, I just want to thank people for watching Premier MMA Championship 3 on Flow Combat. Thank you to all of you who came up and actually told me that you like Fightful. That's always awesome to hear. We want people to check out our forums, pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, movies, music, all that good stuff. We had our first ever Fightful Books It on uh, the podcast page. I book an Aiden English storyline. We've got uh, me and Joe coming back this Tuesday. we got UFC this Saturday. Lol at Roy Nelson fleecing Bellator for some money. Good for him. What Back happened for, there? He signed with Bellator, so they're paying him. They're paying him. I love Roy. Hey, okay, cool. Whatever. Uh, good on UFC for making a deal with the UFC Hospital. Uh, or yeah, good good on UFC for making that deal to to get that that done. Hopefully, it helps the fighters.
2: Yeah, that's really all I got. Yeah, Uh, I've been in contact, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with the legendary Burt Watson. Uh, Burt may join me uh, or may join us uh, on Tuesday's podcast. Uh, I'm looking to record something with him. He's a busy dude, having recently got a new promotion. Um, He's back and forth. He's currently in Vegas right now. He's asked me to contact him tomorrow. Uh, If I can do something with him tomorrow, I will let everybody know. He'll join us on Tuesday. If I can only record with him on Tuesday... We'll do it uh, the following week. Bert has more stories than you could ever possibly imagine. Uh, You think I have stories. Purt will destroy. I used to sit with Bert all the time. Um, Didn't matter what city we were in, we would meet. Uh, A shot of Grand Marnier and a Heineken. (laughs) That was religion. Shot of Grand Marnier heineken and we would just chat for two or three hours not even two or three hours i would say an hour and a half uh because he's a military boy former military guy he needs to be in bed by 6 37 p.m i'm like dude my night's not even started so uh hopefully Bert watson gets back to me or sorry hopefully i can connect with Bert watson and you guys can hear him on the tuesday edition of the holy smokes podcast uh anything else sean that's it visit fightful.com thank you guys so much Yes, thank you to everyone tuned in uh, live and to everyone afterwards on Stitcher and on iTunes, we always thank you. Don't forget, please spread the news, retweet whenever we got a chance to talk about the podcast. Uh, please join us on Tuesday afternoons, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you know, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts. Share it. We're growing. We're loving it. We're having a great time. I love being part of Fightful. Love working with a guy like Sean Rossap and and Jimmy Van, Mike Straw, and everybody on the team. Uh, it's been fantastic thus far. Follow us on sho- social media at fightful.com Com, sorry at fightful uh there's at fightful MMA there's myself at showdown Joe and of course at Sean Rossap for just dumbness on Instagram. that <laughs> makes no sense with what's happening in the real world but it is Sean Rossap and we love him I'm,
0: I'm a superstar I'm a superstar Joe
2: everyone just you know do this did you did you see, see me troll Jimmy Van on Instagram
0: oh I gotta send you the link I gotta send you the link of me trolling Jimmy Van with the green screen I bought. Oh no, it was
2: great. This, this I got to see. I've got a green screen somewhere set up. I had it to my, uh, my immediate left, your screen right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that I used to do videos for, but I think i would taken it down. Uh, it's, it's a bit of work. It's if you like it, Sean, it's a bit of work. But uh, I yeah. do a lot of videos when I'm not with, or when I'm not working with Fightful uh, for another uh, one of my businesses. So uh, yeah, love video, love editing, but man, it can be time consuming. But doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Guys, girls, thank you very much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, tell three, tell five, tell ten, like Sean says. Uh, we're trying to grow here and we're trying to become the best place for everything, combat sports-related, uh, professional wrestling and um, Obviously, MMA, boxing, you name it. We want to talk about it. We enjoy it. We love it. Uh, you're, you're not going to find people more passionate than all of us here at fightful.com. For now, we say thank you very much for those who tuned in live. Thank you to everyone tuning in a little bit later on on iTunes and on Stitcher. I will see all of you with Sean Rossap Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, with the Holy Smokes podcast. Ciao for now. This is the story of the one.